Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm Steve Hall, the Executive Director of the Mustang Owners Museum. And tonight we have a guest on that uh, uh, I've known for a number of years. Uh, he's got a very, very cool car story that I wanted him to share with everybody. Uh, it goes into being how passion, perseverance, and effort can sometimes have great rewards. And um, I want to welcome Perry Loskamp to the podcast tonight. Welcome, Perry. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor, I might say. Well, no, I, I, and I appreciate that. But I, as I try to say, folks, it's an honor for us to have people on and take have them take time in their day to share their story. Of course, uh, we want to have the story so that it's archived with us for years to come, and people can go to our podcast at any time and listen to your story or listen to other uh, interviews that we've had. So uh, we appreciate it, and we're glad we can, uh, we thank you. So thank you very much um, for being part of it. But um, I, I'm trying to remember where I first met you, and I don't because we run into each other at so many shows. <laughs> so we're getting too. Well, I'm getting, I, too, I'm getting too old. I'm getting too old. I, they all run together. Was it at Gal Halderman's uh, celebration there uh, at the uh, AACA Museum in Pennsylvania? Well, I know. I remember that one very well. Uh, that we. I know we met there. Uh, maybe, be, maybe a, be, I thought we, no, no, I think we talked on the phone prior to that, and then we did meet there. We met each other for the first time there, because at the time we were working on getting cars for the mu opening of our museum, and right. so I think that's what it was. You're right, but I, I do think, though, that's where we met, but I, we chatted prior to that. And so, uh, well, with that lead-in, that's the perfect lead-in to, uh, well, if you would tell our listeners, what car were we talking about? Well, the the car that uh, that I own is a 1964 registered as a 1964 Ford Mustang that uh, Ford Motor Company built to the order of Henry Ford. He had this thing made at the design center. Gail Halderman oversaw the the construction of the car in the design center while he was managing it, and uh, you know I had quite a few conversations with Gail about that. So Henry Ford had this car built, and he specified always his cars always had to have a V8 with a four barrel. They had to be a stick shift. His leather interiors were his passion, and whatever options that they that were available or were going to be available, he would encourage the guys there to to put them in the car. This car was made to Henry Ford's request. And he gave it to a friend, a very close friend of the Ford family. Before you get too far ahead of how the how where the car went, if you would, if you don't mind, spend a few more moments on what made the car unique, because of course, with a Ford family member, the car that they drove would always be something that would not be necessarily available to the public. And so I was hoping maybe you just chat a little bit what made this car. How do you made this car? You mentioned a little bit, but there was more. Wasn't there some more things that made the car quite unique as far as a Mustang? Ford, Ford Motor Company built special cars for Henry Ford II. They, 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 he always required leather interiors to be put into these cars. This particular car, the door panels are made of leather. There are die-cast uh, inserts on the door panels that are oversized. 
they they accentuate what the what the factory door panels eventually had. Those those inserts are custom. They're they're made by the, they were made by the design center. They were die cast. They're very large. They were they were polished and then they were chromed. As far as the uh, upholstery inside, the seats are covered in leather. The uh, console itself is covered in leather. The kick panels, same thing, leather covered. And then the back panels uh, in the convertible that are next to the back seat are also covered in leather. The color of the car is a 1940 Lincoln color. It's called Stanhope Green. And they put a distinctive side stripe on it, uh, which is a single pinstripe that's fairly wide. A lot of the Ford factory show cars of, of the earlier cars would have this particular pinstripe. It did later become an option. And then it was actually later seen on the one millionth anniversary cars, which were the, were the Mustang Sprint cars. So it was a similar side stripe. But it, it, the show cars got this side stripe. And you can see it in some of the cars that were on display at the World's Fair. It's also kind of interesting uh, on another Mustang, if I, I want to kind of deviate from your story for just a moment, because with Edsel Ford, when he was 18, he received a Mustang. I think if I'm not not wrong, he got a white Mustang. It, he, it, yes. And w one of the things I know that was unique about the car, Mark, I, I don't know if you know the name Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly was actually the designer of Edsel's Mustang. And oh, very good. What, um, and he's uh, Mark Kelly was also the designer of the decals that went on the 1979 Pace car. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting sometimes how their their work will come up to come out to light a little bit more than uh, than just being you know something that we don't hear about. But he was telling me that one of the things that they did is they wanted to make everything in the interior because the car was white. They wanted to make everything in the interior as white as possible. Pearlescent white, actually. Right? Yes, yes. But the but he said, but one of the interesting things that they did, and they didn't know if they could do this, was make the steering wheel white. They did, and uh, of course, unfortunately, the car the car ended up getting wrecked by a friend of Edsel Ford's. Front, I think is what the story goes. But um, there's, but um, <laughs> but the funny part is that I was talking with Bob Perkins, and we were just talking about some odds and ends as far as unique car pieces or what have you. And I said, well, probably one of the more unique things I think I've ever heard was that white steering wheel in Edsel Ford's Mustang. And I'm actually at, I was actually at Bob Perkins' place. He goes, hang on a minute. He goes around the corner. He's, I hear some bus, boxes moving around. He comes back. He goes, like this one? And I go, son of a gun. You, is that? He said, it says the interesting story is with that when they made that steering wheel, because of the way the molds were done, they had to make four at a time. The molds, the molds had room for four, so they went ahead and made four just in case he might need one for some reason. They need an extra. He's uh, he. I'd never really figured out, or he would never really quite tell me how he ended up with it. Uh, <laughs> of course, that's just trade secret. But well, uh, Bob Perkins, he has collected a, an enormous amount of interesting items. That's that is for sure. I've I've been to his place also, and it's really fantastic. Well, we had he was here last Jan last July for the induction of the Hall of Fame. And I and I keep trying to remind him he's supposed to come on our podcast, and he keeps saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and then he keeps forgetting. But uh, what was unique for me is that as he's looking around with our stuff, and I, I look up—I figure Bob's probably seen everything at least twice, if not three times. And I was really surprised. He goes, "Oh, I've never seen that." 
where'd you get that? How, where's that from? And I'm sitting there going, I have some stuff that Bob doesn't know about. And like, I wow. Said, and I, yeah, exactly. And I said, well, Bob, I said, I got I to gotta give you the an same answer you always give me when I ask you for where you find stuff is, I don't remember. I'll have to look into it. But anyway, he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, he's a great source for information. So he's a, he's, he knows, as you know, he knows his stuff. So anyway, I know we've deviated a little bit from the story. But uh, if you would, then go on with your story. So I apologize to interrupt that. The, the story of the, uh, the car is that it, it is a home office special order. At, like Edsel's Fastback, this car is one of a trilogy. The, the, now, the, the, first, the first design center custom Mustang was built for Henry Ford II personally for him. Art Cairo is the owner of that car. That car has a leather interior. And it's got a die-cast steering wheel. If you want to talk about an unusual steering wheel, that thing is die-cast with real teak on top. That car has the, has the original Hypo 289. It's an experimental engine, and it's the first one that was ever put into a Ford Mustang. So that car was the first one, was the coupe. My car is the convertible that the design center built. That was the second in line. And Edsel's Fastback was the third with a leather interior. So there's the three cars, the coupe, the convertible, and the fastback. You know, I, 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 I researched Edsel's fastback and you're right, it, it was wrecked and it, it was out on Long Island on their, on their family estate at the time. He, so he was out on Long Island, his friend borrowed it and that's, the car was actually still on Long Island as late as 1986, believe it or not. Well, do you know what happened after that? There was a uh, a fire in the uh, in the in the barn that it was stored in. Uh, they had approximately six cars in there. The Ford family did, and they were they were burned up pretty good. Uh, they did manage though to get a uh, a Model T out. And the reason why I had found out about that particular part of the story is that uh, the Model T the wheels were being restored by this gentleman that I know, and he told me about the fire that had been in the barn. I had an opportunity just to, to actually go out there and take a look at, you know, the cars that had been pulled out, but I, unfortunately I didn't do that. So it's one of those things I regret. I had no idea. It would have been really very interesting to, uh, to see and document. Yeah. Cause unfortunately, you know, that's something I don't, I guess probably it has not been really per se photoed or documented. I'm, I'm not, not that I, cause I haven't seen it. doesn't mean it doesn't, it's not out there, but I'm not aware of any such photos. Well then, let me let's go a little bit further. Then, so you 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 know of the car, how did you find it, and how did you end up acquiring it? Well, I had a restoration shop on Long Island, Perry's Pony Express. That was that was the name of my business, and I restored Mustangs. I, I had been doing it uh, for many years. I started in 1982. I restored hundreds of cars. Did work on hundreds of cars. We we also had an operation where, you know, when wrecked Mustangs came in, we, you know, we parted them out. So I had a large inventory of parts also. The Classic Mustang Club, I, I became the president of the Classic Mustang Club. You know, people would come to me with unusual cars or come to me for advice. One day, a gentleman came to the shop and he needed the upholstery, my upholstery guy's phone number. He had heard that I was, you know, the Mustang guy. Well, I went out to look at the car that he had. And so here's this Mustang and it's got a leather interior. He's got new boxes of pony upholstery on the back seat. The top was down. It was a beautiful day. 
and I looked at the car and I, I, I felt the upholstery and it looks, it's all stitched just the way a 65 Mustang upholstery would have been only it was leather. And I said to him, this is very unusual. He said, yeah, I know, but I want to make a pony interior and I'm going to take this 289 that's in there and the four speed stick, and I'm going to make it a 351 five speed car. I said, so you're going to resto mod it. And he had already put a roll bar in the back and he had uh, 16 inch wheels on it. I popped open the hood and I looked around and it was a pulley arrangement for the power steering and the air conditioning that I had never seen before. Uh, they were cast iron pulleys that just had extra belts and uh, a, a remote reservoir uh, like the Thunderbirds had. And uh, so I went around to the door tag and that's when I saw the door tag had a six character DSO, which is something I had, even myself, I had not seen that before. It was a home office special order when I later decoded it. Looking at that door tag, I then looked at the door panel and realized that, holy cow, look at this door panel. Look at the die cast piece on there. And I realized that there was no upholstery shop or home guy that could make something like that. I knew that this was a factory car. And I stood up and I said to the man, you have a factory prototype here of some kind. That was my that was my initial after 25 minutes of looking at the car that that was my official my official opinion and it turned out to be true because ford motor company considers my car and has called my car a factory prototype they were so interested in the car that they picked it up and brought it to world headquarters for the 40th anniversary of the mustang or the 50th anniversary of the mustang excuse me and displayed it inside for the entire month of april in uh, 2014. So it sounds like, though, you were able to talk with this particular gentleman who was going to turn it in to a resto mod, which is one car that should never be changed, uh, obviously. But uh, yeah. I assume then you were able to talk him into selling the car to you, or did, you know, how, without getting into too many details, of course, but how did that, did that I can go tell through? you what happened. Please, I, please I do. Implored, I, yeah, I implored him to not do anything further to the car to take away from you know the the originality of the car because the interior was completely original except that he had cut the carpet to put the roll bar in and he said to me you're telling me that i can't do anything else to my own car i i said this car is extremely rare i've seen so many cars so many mustangs in my lifetime thousands of mustangs literally this is the most unusual mustang i've ever seen you need you need to call ford motor company Get in contact with them. Tell them what you've got. Call the call the magazines. Call Mustang Mag Mustang Monthly magazine. Let them know what you have and and get feedback so you can figure out what it is that you have. Please don't do a resto mod on this car. It it, it would be a crime. So he said okay. I took his phone number and he left. About a year later, I called him up out of curiosity to see what he had found out, and he said, well, you know, you're right. It, it does seem to be a very special car. At the time, the fellows at Mustang Monthly Magazine uh, had thought that perhaps that this car was Lee Iacocca's company car. I was dumbfounded. I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. When I had told him initially that he couldn't do anything further resto mod wise, he did say, if I can't resto mod it, maybe I'll sell it. At that time, though, I didn't offer to buy it because I, I wanted him to try to figure out what the history was on it. 
And I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't really in a position to buy it anyway at that particular time. So a year later, I was. So I arranged a meeting. I went to go see it. I had the money that he asked for at that point. And then he refused to sell me the car. He said, I'm going to keep it after all. And I said, that's fine. Eight months after that, he called me back and said, okay, I'm ready to sell it. So he sold it to me. The 40th anniversary of the Ford Mustang was coming up and Ford Motor Company had contacted the Mustang Club. They wanted us to supply cars to the factory showroom in Manhattan with club cars so that they could have a big 40th anniversary of the Mustang. They also wanted a car for Good Morning America to introduce the new 05 Mustang. The, the vice president of the Mustang Club, uh, Rick Wirtz, was handling this, and he, he called me and said, Perry, I, I, found, I found a venue for the, uh, for the, for the Mustang Club, and uh, there's going to be a big show at Ford Motor Company's you know, factory showroom in Manhattan. I said, that's fantastic. And he said, one thing, though, I, I kind of told him that your car would be really good to be on Good Morning America. I said, you did? Now you have to understand this Mustang hadn't been really had not really been touched in 30 years. It the paint was old, the tires were not in good shape, the chrome wasn't very nice. And I said, Well, why did you do that? When is the show? He said, It's in seven days. And I called seven guys that I know, and we worked round the clock for six days. Well, Perry, not to interrupt, I was going to say, if overhauling can do it in a week, why can't you? So it sounds like you did the same thing. We actually did it. There you go. In 2003, <laughs> we worked around the clock. The ladies were bringing pizzas. When we started to get tired, I, I sent them out to get some beer. At one point, I worked, I don't know, it was almost two days straight. And uh, I managed to paint the car, had a convertible, had a new top put on it. I ordered new chrome and it came in. We put it on. We detailed the engine compartment and everything that we did, we documented. And even all the bolts that we took out of the fenders and all the bolts that we took out of the engine went into it went into numbered spots so that we could put the bolt right back in the exact same spot it came out of. No mix and matching. Everything had to go right back in the same spot. And to tell you the truth, Steve, the car when it was in your museum was exactly how we had completed it at that at that time. Six days, that's all we gave it. The car looked great, and, and I say that because I'm realizing, of course, we don't have video to show what it looks like, and that's, this is one of those stories where you wish you had the video to show or a photo to show. This is the car we're talking about uh, because it's been in a number of high-profile kind of displays in areas such as you mentioned with, the, with Ford. It's been the AACA Museum. Uh, we were fortunate to have it here for a period of time also. And it's and what's always fun with a car like that is that when you have the, the real Mustang enthusiasts come to the museum, and I'm sure it's the same with the AACA, they notice the car because it's, well, what's what's this car? This car just doesn't, you know, what's the color? Is this is this a, Was this a Ford color back in the day? You know, things like that. And you can sure. appreciate because they know they know enough to know that there's something here. What is it? What am I looking at? Why am I looking at this? And so that's what's that's what's so neat about what your restoration, the work that you put into it, because the car is gorgeous. I mean, it, it you know, it 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 
looks great from, from a distance. It looks great for close up. It's a beautiful car. And Thank you, uh, Steve. Well, it's well, it's well, 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 really well done. But um, knowing you, are you looking for any other type of Mustang out there? Is there some other Mustang that you're kind of thinking in the future or have been looking for that says that might be the next one for you? Truthfully, there is a 1970 Mach 1 that's uh, that's nearby, the original owner, and uh, it's got 90,000 miles on it, and it's been completely disassembled, and it's been disassembled for about 15 years. He, the fellow's selling his house, and he wants he wants to sell the car to someone who will restore it with the possibility of him being able to buy it after the car is restored. So I'm thinking about that car. And there are there is one other car. I can't tell you too much about it, but it is similar to my car, believe it or not. It's in the vein of the way my car was built. And I have found another one uh, that I'm in negotiations with at this point. Well, then I'm not going to take a guess because I could be. I, I may guess correctly, and I don't want you to, have to say yes or no. So I will not guess on the air. When we get off the air, I'll ask you. <laughs> but, uh, hey. <laughs> That's a, fine. I, I a, should, it, it, in another, in another a, two weeks, I, I should be able to talk about it freely. Okay. Well, that's great because it is a small world out there when it comes to cars and Mustangs and things of that nature and such. So That is true. Yeah. Now, obviously, you have heavily involved with with working on Mustangs, restoration of Mustangs, obviously doing your investigation about Mustangs. But um, are you uh, are you working on something of a book? Yes, I am. I've, I've been accumulating uh, the stories of design center uh, clay modelers, designers. I've interviewed about a hundred. Ford employees that have now retired. And I've traveled to uh, Detroit. It's been like nine times now, nine different visits. And every time I visit, I speak with more of these wonderful people. And I've taken, I've probably got 15 notepads, yellow notepads full of notes about their stories, about what they felt, you know, strongly about with the, with the design that they, their, their contribute. Their, their 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 contribution, I should say, you know, to the design. And the main thing I do get from them, though, is their enthusiasm for, you know, producing cars that Americans love, or people across the world, really. But also the fact that the Ford Motor Company was such a family-oriented place to work. And it was fun for them. All these people, these guys that I talked to, they really did enjoy going to work every day. They really did. And they they had clubs. They had an aviation club. They had a golf club. They had outings where they, they would all just get together and, you know, do all kinds of great things. And so those stories I, I, I've gotten to hear also. And it's uh, it, it's very nice to hear that our Ford Motor Company was such a nice place to work, you know, while they were making uh, the iconic Mustang. Well, I, I've been fortunate to have had a chance to go up to the design room where Mustangs are, where all Mustangs are designed and gone through uh, through uh, clay modeling. And everybody there, they look upon their job as something they're very, very proud of. And uh, they're their caretaker of that um, particular year of Mustang at that time. And to them, it's very important that they still resonate the Mustang the way the enthusiasts expect it to be or, or are expecting it. And so... There's a real pride in that level, and so that's why uh, when we start you know, talking about some of the things that uh, with designers, 
with our new exhibit that we're going to have, we're going to be really focusing ourselves a lot on engineers and on designers because uh, we we want to give them the credit that's due. They're the ones that have made it, you know, the car what it is for the last 56, 57, or eight years, whatever it is, something that's still still going strong today, if not even stronger than before. And it's because of their work and dedication and their pride to make sure that they carry on that tradition. And as we've had some of the Ford folks on our podcast, they say the same thing that they look at it's 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 a matter of pride for them to carry on that legacy or that brand. And uh, so they take it very seriously. And the amount of work that they Absolutely. put into yeah, the amount of work that they put into figuring out what the car should look like. I, I've been amazed uh, with some of the folks that we've talked to. How much detail, how much you know, how much work is put into talking to club members, talking to enthusiasts, talking to, you know, just so many different aspects. It's not a matter of just someone sitting down, which, you know, back when Gail designed the Mustang, they probably had five or six guys, uh, some from the from the Lincoln side, some from the Ford side, and say, you guys come up with the Mustang. And we just talked the other day with the global design director from Ford, and he said when they did the 2015, they had hundreds of designs to start with, renderings to look at from all over the world. And so it's amazing how much that, that effort has even grown to have an international effect on the design. So it's actually, you know, of course, with the technology and such, the expectations, and it's, it's amazing how well they keep up with this to keep giving us the product that we like. That's the important part. So you're right. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. And those, and those, those, those people, they work, those designers and clay modelers, they, they would work 80 hour work weeks sometimes just, just oh. to get a particular job done. Yes. Yes. And they, they, they did it without griping. They, they did it because they knew that it was a job to do. And the public was expecting it. Exactly. They were, expect, they were expecting this yep. Mustang to be fantastic. And, they they knocked it out of the park almost every time. Yes, they did. They did. So, well, I know our time is running a little bit here short. I always have a couple quick questions at the end we like to ask our guests. Sure. And so, how, well, how many <laughs> Mustangs are in your personal garage? I have one Mustang in my personal garage. Is that the one we've been talking about? The one we've been talking about, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's it. no, no, that's, that's a hell of a one to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people that trade their entire garage for that one. So that's great. But um, has there been one that got away from you that on a personal level, not, not but that one that you had or one that you'd want to have, or, or is there one that's gotten away from you that you always kind of well, say, eh, that's yes. the one. I, I've, I've, I've had, uh, I've had, th I've owned three Shelby's. I, I own two six. I, at one point I owned two sixty seven Shelby GTA 500s at the same time, 57 Ford Thunderbirds. So I had two of those at the same time. I had the, the Shelby's. I, I had about 15 cars at one point. I had a warehouse just, you know, with, with the cars that I, you know, had collected. But as you know, we needed to do work on the house. My wife was like, well, we need to side the house. So I sold a car. We needed to refinish the floors and put up, you know, uh, redo all the walls and sold another car. And, you know, I sold them one by one. 67 Shelby GT500. That that was my, uh, probably the one that got away. But I know where it is. I, I sold it to this gentleman. He still hasn't done anything with it. And it's literally sitting in a barn. Well, you know what they say when it comes to car, when it comes to uh, getting a car, 
patience, my friend, patience. And sometimes that thing will come back around. So, you know, knock on wood, hopefully that'll happen for you. Thank you, Steve. I, I, I have a feeling that it will. I, if not, I'll, I'll have a hand in the restoration if that's going to happen too. Gotcha. And that would feel good. Perfect. Well, we got to wrap it up. Perry, I cannot thank you. I appreciate this was the kind of thing I've been, kind of episode I've been looking forward to hear and talk about cars because um, it's what makes this hobby go. And everybody has a certain passion and different passions for their, for their Mustangs. And I'm sure this will resonate to a lot of folks. Where's the car at now? Is it just, just in your, I no, no, don't tell me that. Don't answer that question. Okay. <laughs> I've just met it. Is it on display at another museum is what I want to ask how I should ask it. Is it, is it going to be on display at another museum? Actually, uh, I, it, it's really, it's really, it's near, it's near where I live now. I, I have it at home. If, gotcha. And, and I plan, I plan to use it this summer. There's a few things I need to do to it. You know, I never stripped all the paint off the car. I, 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 I sanded it down. The original color is still underneath the paint that I put on it. Oh, well, cool. The original paint is still there. Yeah. But there's a couple of things that I need to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on it a little bit and I'm going to enjoy that. I bet you will. Yeah, and that and that's that's the plan for the car. It's uh it's in a heated garage, still in great shape. And I appreciate Steve the care that you gave it while it was in the Mustang Owners Museum. You guys took great care of it. If 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 you have a moment though, I'd like mm -hmm. to just say one other thing. The World's Fair car that you had on display, the the mm -hmm. you know, the number 4 Mustang pre-production car that was a cool car to, to have my car next to. It was, and that was an honor. You still owe me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to work it out. That's no, I'm sure. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. You already paid that debt by letting us have the car. So, no, thank you so much. Well, with that, boys and girls, I've got to let it go. I, I unfortunately, Perry, we have run out of time. So uh, I want to thank you so much. This has been, been awesome. I, I know our listeners are going to really enjoy it. So thank you so much. We'll have to do it again someday. Oh, we will. We will. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes. For more information on the museum, please go to mustangownersmuseum.com and you'll find additional information on upcoming events.